This is the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast with your host, Amanda Ann. What is up, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Saturday Morning Serial. I'm Amanda Ann, and I hope you all had a good week. I know on my end here, there was a lot of news this week from the MCU, especially being dropped on us with the new movies and new television shows coming through. So very exciting happening in the future in the MCU. Looking forward to everything. Also, I hope you all enjoyed your May the 4th as well. Star Wars means a lot to so many people, and it's always just such a fun way to just celebrate the films and the characters. So, switching gears, I have been watching a lot of true crime shows and the like, and was interested in a film Netflix announced earlier on in the year called Things Heard and Seen, starring Amanda Seyfried and James Norton. One thing I can appreciate about Amanda is that she is a well-rounded actress who can sing, be a dizzy mean girl, to a serious troubled wife with mental health conditions. This will contain spoilers, so be warned. The movie is based on a novel which I regrettably have never heard of. Going into this film, I was honestly just wanting to watch this horror movie, even though it was your typical couple buying a fixer-upper old house that turns out to be haunted by demons. Yada yada. (laughs) However, I do have to say to the writers, well played, you got me. It was totally not that. There's an actual storyline that can relate to real-life situations, and in the end, there were times I forgot the ghosts were even a factor. So, the story is about a young couple with a daughter who, at first glance, seems to be happy, a well-established family with great friends and such. However, we quickly learn that Catherine, played by Seyfried, I hope I'm saying her name right. Is it Seyfried? Seyfried? I don't know. Sorry, guys. (laughs) She clearly has an eating disorder, and little quips from friends and her husband, George, played by James Norton, are heard directed at her throughout the film to eat and or drink her protein shake. Already, you know something is wrong, and right off the bat, this marriage was just not sitting well with me at how arrogant this husband was. Catherine is an esteemed artist and finally has a job painting that she loves. She's kind of like a restoration artist of such, and she has to give it all up on behalf of her husband's new job. They have to relocate to a very small town in upstate New York, and she is questioned by a friend asking if this is what she wanted after securing her dream job. Catherine answers that, quote-unquote, he has sacrificed a lot for me, I need to do it in return. And to me, that raised a red flag. You know she will not be happy with this move. They move into an old house that clearly needs fixing up, and Catherine and her daughter, Franny, as with any other horror movie, starts seeing and hearing things. Catherine is really into the whole ghost, spiritual realm of things, and she knows what's up, but George immediately shuts her down. He tries to reassure her everything's okay and not to bring up the ghosts. He is visibly annoyed with her, and the fact she lets her daughter night after night sleep with him when scared is just driving him crazy. So again, another red flag. Once the couple move in, they get a knock on the door by two young men named Eddie and Cole who offer services such as lawn work, housework, and babysitting. Catherine immediately likes these two, and her and George hire them. For the audience, this is suspect because it seems like these boys know the house very well and they are seen watching the couple move in. They live with their uncle and you can tell that maybe they were abandoned or something early on. There's something there. There's a story behind all this that we eventually do get to see soon in the movie. Over the course of the movie, George is seen to be getting very shady. 
He's rarely home and is seen hitting on a young girl in the library named Willis, played by Natalie Dyer of Stranger Things, with whom is a student and she's a friend of Eddie's. And the daughter, Franny, she is witnessing this whole event too. And it's just, she's looking at her dad like, what are you doing? So backing up a little bit here. So backing up a little bit here, George used to paint like Catherine, but claims to have given up on that dream. He takes on a position as a professor in art history and is given a book in which the cover art is depicted kind of like as a foreshadow of events in this movie. And on the cover is, it's like a boat going, like sailing down a river and there's just like this red fiery sky and it's depicted as hell, I guess. And the painting on the cover is called The Valley of the Shadow of Death. So. That's one thing that keeps appearing in this movie. You gotta pay attention to it. Catherine, as with anyone in her situation, is lonely and wants to make friends and be part of the community. She tries to learn the history of the house she lives in and tries to get information regarding the previous owners. What she finds out is horrifying. The husband killed his wife, Ella, and then himself. On top of that, those were Eddie and Cole's parents, which explains how they know the house so well and it's almost like they know their parents haunt the place. Here's where this film is different than some of the ghost films out there. The spirit of Ella, quote unquote, haunting Catherine, is actually helping Catherine and providing some comfort. We later learn that Catherine feels peace and calm with Ella around, almost like Ella is trying to protect her from George. So that's different than a movie such as The Conjuring. In a way, you can see where the story is starting to lead to, especially as George keeps getting more violent and distant from Catherine. Catherine also befriends George's co-worker Justine, with whom George ultimately does not like. He thinks Justine is manipulative and prying, and he's just overall very suspicious of her, and she takes Catherine under her wing as a friend. They go out, they go to, I think it was like a art appreciation meeting or, or something like that, just, just so Catherine can get out and make new friends. This is the part of the movie where you really don't pay attention to the ghosts and the hauntings because this is a movie about a married couple who has an unhealthy relationship and masks their troubles around other people. Obviously, George is a controlling and later abusive husband that is cheating on Catherine, as we later see in the film with him and Willis. This is a story that is depicting real life here. Affairs, abuse, mental health, lying, etc. Catherine finds out about the affair and realizes her and George have grown apart and develops feelings and starts an affair of her own with Eddie. In the end, the story seems like it's all about a failed marriage. Well, it gets even deeper. George has been lying about himself for his whole life. His cousin mysteriously disappeared, and we later find out the paintings George said he created were actually his deceased cousins. Over the course of this movie, George starts hearing voices in his head, which, as the viewer, I knew it was the previous owner, the husband of the house. However, yeah, I think this entity might have possessed George in a way, but let's be real here. George already was psycho. <laughs> I mean, the affair, you know, just... He gets confronted later by his boss that his letter of recommendation for this new job was counterfeit and later finds out like he's been living under the guise of his dead cousin. So that's messed up. So 
going back to this whole situation of the forged letter, George kills his boss trying to confront him over the fraud and actually tries to kill Justine too by running her off the road. She reveals to Catherine the affair that George is having with Willis and that prompts Catherine to have her own affair with Eddie. Her and George are done at this point. It's a complete mess, and the storyline gets to be messy because, all in all, did we even need these spirits to make matters worse? This movie could have easily been done without the presence of ghosts, in my opinion. Ultimately, Carolyn recognizes she needs to leave and packs up Franny and tries to make a run for it, but George gets home before she gets the chance to. He freaks out, drugs Franny to make her sleep, and then kills Caroline. This part to me was weird because Caroline and George took the form of Ella and her husband as this happened and I think what was going on is that Ella took over Caroline's body and took the blow for her while George took the form of the husband's. It was just strange. So the next morning he goes to work, which he leaves Franny with Cole with strict orders not to go upstairs and quote unquote disturb his wife. And he comes home and calls the cops saying somebody murdered his wife. You can tell during the interrogation and whatnot that George has completely lost it. Carolyn and Ella's ghosts are able to wake Justine in the hospital bed because Justine is actually still alive and she vaguely remembers that someone was trying to run her off the road. So Carolyn and Ella's spirits tell Justine it was George, George killed us or killed Carolyn, etc. And Justine goes to the police and George makes a run for it. He finds his deceased cousin's boat and sails down a river or a lake. I really don't know what it is, but there's a massive storm ahead and the end shot is reminiscent to the book cover being thrown around in this movie. He's sailing right off to that blood orange sky. There's like a backwards cross above it. Basically, he's sailing off to hell. I found this ending not matching the overall look and feel to this movie and for me it was just distracting. This film, in hindsight, had a good story, and the flow from the beginning to the middle of the movie was good and worked, but then things started to get fuzzy during the climax and such. Amanda Seyfried's performance was really good, and I did enjoy Natalie Dyer's performance as well. It did remind me a lot of her character in Stranger Things as Nancy, just, you know young teenager whatever type of attitude. <laughs> James Norton he was kind of hard to read in his facial expressions during the film, which I think in the end made him more menacing. People can put on a good front to deflect what is happening behind closed doors. I am a huge fan of The Conjuring Universe and the Insidious movies and James Wan's work with them. To me, there is an equal amount of scares and story in those films and I love the creativity behind them so much. So with this film, I was expecting something similar, I guess, to work such as those, but honestly, it felt more like a thriller than anything. It did not feel like a horror movie, didn't feel like a ghost movie at all. It just felt like a thriller. And the scariest part of this movie for me was the real life situations these characters face in each other and their marriage because that kind of thing is happening as we speak. Abuse of any kind from your spouse, whether it's physical or verbal, should not be tolerated and please always try to seek help if you can. My heart truly goes out to anyone who's currently hurting and in need of help. Know there are people out there who want to help you, me included. Anyway, that about wraps up this review of Things Heard and Seen. You can stream this film on Netflix and, I mean, it's a decent film overall. Just wasn't what I was expecting. 
I did have some scheduling conflict this past week, so I know some of you were expecting this topic, but next week I will be talking about all things Disney with focus on the parks. Disneyland just reopened after a year of being closed, and I was actually supposed to go to Disney World next week with my mom, so what better way than to switch gears from movies and television shows to talking about the most magical place on Earth for an episode? I miss the park so much, and I'm going this fall, so it can come soon enough. It's my favorite place in the whole world and I'm just so excited. <laughs> I also want to wish all mothers happy Mother's Day, and I really hope you have a good day, and overall, hope you guys have a good week, and I will talk to you soon.